Podcast is episode 182 of the Sean Boyles Podcast. How about that? Um, yeah, uh, got, I'm confused with the uh, ad because I don't... So, I, little little peek behind the curtain right out of the gate. I've been reading the Anchor ad off of memory from hearing it on other podcasts. wasn't actually reading an ad... Per se, just kind of freestyling it, and now they switched their shit up, and they're not Anchor.fm anymore, and it's Spotify for podcasters, which is not—it's not a good name. Not a good Anchor was fine, just it's a nice simple name, and now you got Spotify for podcasters. It sounds weird. I don't like it. It's goofy. It's odd. It's strange. And it's confusing on where you got to go if you want to download the software or download the app to uh, do podcasting. 
Um, so here we are. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Uh, we got ourselves a decent show, maybe, maybe even a good show. Who knows what happens when we get really going here? Um, I got you know reaction of the week. We got a we got a uh, earworm, of course. Another uh, fat guy food fact or fat guy food hack. And uh, some just overall recapping of good, good, goodness that happened throughout the week. We'll start off with, um, well, what do we want to start off? So let's start off with. So Wednesday night I had rehearsal with Zed. We had, uh, we were getting ready for our show that was going to be on, uh, on Saturday uh, we had a good rehearsal. In fact, we were rehearsing and thinking that we would get back in there on Friday, but we kind of did good enough that <laughs> we decided not to get back in there on Friday. So uh, we did a Wednesday just banged up job of uh, of running through the tunes. And, uh, and I will recap that show here in a minute. And uh, But first... On Thursday night, the next night, I made my way over to the Alameda Comedy Club. Oh, first of all, first, before I even did that, I um, made some calls and moved some things around that I had going on to make it happen. But I went and um, picked up one... I uh, picked up some Munchkin Face. <laughs> I got to hang out with Munchkin Face. Munchkin Face and me went. Uh, I picked her up from school, and uh, we went. Um, I asked her what she wanted to do, and she didn't know what she wanted to eat. I said, "Do you want some pizza?" She's like, "No, I get pizza all the time. I don't want pizza." I said, "All right. Well, what do you want to? What do you want to eat?" And she said, uh, well, let's get taco chickens. Now, Munchkin Face is in seventh grade. She's in seventh grade now, and she knows that saying taco chickens is wrong. But in the presence of of me, her gampy, um, she still says taco chicken. It's adorable. So I was about to go, we were about to go get uh, taco chickens and then she stopped and said, oh, can I, can we go to a, like a restaurant? I'm like, well, I mean, they're all restaurants, but yeah, what do you, you know what? She's like, can we go to Texas barbecue? And I was like, I don't even know. Okay. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Where's the Texas? You know, I had to find one and we had to go all the way to Union City and it was peak. Of the first wave of the atmospheric river that we were going to get here in the Bay Area, as far as rain is concerned, and uh, and uh, it, it was raining most of that afternoon, and then into the evening, and didn't really stop. Uh, a nice steady, steady kind of just coming down. Heavy at times, because uh, when we got done eating and walked out, back out to the to the van, it was uh, it was coming down, Jack. It was coming down pretty good. Um, but uh, I mean, they oversold, right? They over oversold the big storms. We were supposed to get hit twice with a shit ton of rain, and yeah, we got a lot of rain, but they were making it sound like fucking it was Armageddon worth of fucking doomsday worth of rain and shit. They they oversold it. The weather the weather service oversold how much stormy we were going to get because they fucked up and they undersold the shit that happened in in early January. So now every time they 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 think we're going to get one of these atmospheric rivers um they're preparing for the worst. But um, anyway, 
So we had a good good little dinner at this Texas uh, Texas barbecue. I don't think I've ever ate there before, but um, I got a bowl of chili and a burger. It was tasty. wasn't amazing, but it was tasty. It was all right. But she was happy because we got to hang out, and we haven't been able to do that in a while. So uh, I'm gonna try to make more of an effort to um, to go pick up Munchkin Face a little bit more often. Uh, and then uh, what do we do Friday? Friday, Friday, <laughs> Friday. I, I was all excited. I was like, okay, I'm gonna fucking go out and do something. I'm gonna come home from work, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do something. I did some, um, I did a couple of estimates on Friday. I had an easy day Friday, so I was geared up. I was like, I gotta get out of this house. I've been home for a, you know during the day. I, I've, I'm slow with work right now, so I wasn't. I haven't been out and about doing shit. So I needed. I wanted to get out of the house. I wanted to go getting in, go get into something. Go get into some trouble. Not that, that I'm going to get into trouble, but, you know, want to want to get at it. And I got home. I, I had, had the mail. I had the mail in my hand. I sat down on the couch. And I fell asleep. Before I know it, it's like an hour and a half later, and I still have the fucking mail in my hand on the couch unchanged, not even out of the clothes, keys in one hand, mail in the other. This, um, yeah, guess I'm not going anywhere Friday night for nothing. So stayed in, watched some television, and then, uh, did a, um, what is Saturday? Saturday. Well, I had to run around a little bit on Saturday because I had to. Uh, uh, I wanted to. Um, so Saturday, Zed had a big show at Mama Kin's in San Jose, and I didn't want to. I don't know why. I kind of know why. Um, I wanted to use. So I got three different drum sets that I'm regularly using now. I have one for hazards. I got one that stays in the room for Zed. And then I have my acrylic shell kit that pretty much lives in Oakland. But I will I have used it live for hazards. I've used it live for Zed. Um I've re- I recorded the hazards um thing with that kit. And I recorded I recorded the Zed record with that kit. So my acrylic shell kit is my go-to kit. For whatever reason, I felt like I wanted to use it for this San Jose show. It's a it's a it's just a it's a tougher kit. It's just it can withstand more punishment. I can kick it over if I want to. And I was thinking maybe I would go full blown Keith Moon and maybe kick over my drums because of um of of the potential for uh maximum emoting at a show that I am playing which I have been known to do so as going through what I've been going through I was really looking forward to this show so that I could have that release and as far as that whole thing is concerned uh did not disappoint I definitely Got a lot of shit out of the system, but let's uh, let's back up a little bit. Um, going into the show, I guess we were going to share gear with the two other bands, uh, Corvus Lore and Drawing Heaven. Um, we, the Corvus Lore guys, we kind of know, but they're a newer band or newer to um, you know our little circle, at, at least. So, um, we were told that load-in was at 6, the doors would be at 9, the show would start at 9.30, and they wanted to try to do a little sound checking at 8. So, load-in was at 6, 
and I just kind of always have the sort of frame of mind that, hey, if load-in is at a certain time and the club is asking you to load in at that time, load in at that time. It's pro. It's what you should be doing, especially if you're sharing gear. Apparently, we were providing the gear for everybody to use. All bands were going to use our cabinets. Uh, The only thing we were going to swap out was the drums. So if the first band wants to set up, they can't until we're there with the gear. But the guys decided that they didn't they didn't want to they thought it was too early to be there at six. They wanted to be there at seven. Uh the parking in downtown San Jose sucks. I mean there's parking structures and there's parking lots near the, the this place. But you know, you gotta pay twenty bucks, fifteen bucks. The further away you go from downtown, the cheaper it is. Or you can just try to find a spot on the street. There's nowhere to load in to this place except for the kind of through the front. Uh, the stage is right as you walk into the door. The stage is right to your right against the window that is, you know, the front window of the fucking of the store, of the shop, of the club, of the bar, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I was looking at the PA. The PA was small, like flown small speakers that were up in the in the above the stage, and some little tiny monitors. And I was like, "Oh, these guys want a rock show at this place. They don't got rock fucking PA." Um, and the sound guy was nowhere to be found. There was no, no <laughs> I didn't see a sound dude. Until about almost nine o'clock, they finally started to sound check Corvus Lore at like eight forty-five, and they played through a song. And uh, you know, I always look at sound checks like play as little as you need to play. You know, you're just trying to hear. You're just trying to get your levels to make sure that the levels are okay. And then to make sure that you can hear things in the monitors that you need to hear. You know, playing a whole song. Especially, this place was pretty much like people in the place before the doors were opened. Because it's a, it's a they got food and it's a bar. So they didn't do the whole like, alright everybody, we're going to have to ask you to go outside so we can charge you to get back in. They didn't do nothing like that. So if you got there, you know, before the doors, you know, I... I, I they noticed that people were in, so they started. They set up and started charging before the nine o'clock doors open, sort of thing. But I mean, they did well. We had a great crowd, and um, and there was a great crowd already at the very beginning. And we, you know, it was a door deal. And we made, you know, we did pretty good with the door deal. Could have been better because there was a shit ton of people that were in there that never paid. So, um, just, you know, something I noticed. Um, sound check was interesting. Like I said, these, they played a whole song. Didn't ask for anything, didn't say something needed to be turned up, turned down. They just kind of went through the motions of it. And it's like, well, what's the point? Uh, they mic'd up the drum kit, which I thought was interesting because they put a mic at the underneath the snare drum and then another mic over off to the side, like by a floor tom. And that was it. It didn't make no sense to mic a drum kit that way. Um, you know, if you're going to mic a drum kit and you only got two mics, you mic the kick and you mic the snare, you know, and, and you mic it on top. You don't mic it underneath all weird. It was weird. I mean, doesn't make it. If you mic, if you mic the bottom of the snare drum, 
you're getting the snare sound and you don't and you're not getting the attack of the stick on the top head you could mic the bottom snare but it's never the dominant sound of the snare drum you mic the top you know and, and so i've seen people mic top and bottom and especially for recording you do that but live nah place ain't big enough to mic a snare drum it's unneeded although you know not everybody hits as hard as i do so my snare drum pretty much gets heard no matter what but that's because i have a problem <laughs> anyway um corvus lore is like a just a rock band um this place, uh, apparently this was the third rock show that this place has had. So this place is known for having, well, when it was Cafe Stritch, because it has recently changed over to Mama Kins. And uh, when it was Cafe Stritch, it was known for having maybe blues or jazz, uh, maybe some folk kind of stuff, just stuff that's not loud. No screaming bands, not even close. Once in a while, you'd hear about a punk rock band playing there, and and it freaked everybody out. So they didn't happen very often. Um, but a you know, sort of mellow kind of spot. You know, they would have a you know they'd have spoken word there, or they'd have um, um, shout out to uh, Mighty Mike McGee, who was doing the Going Going Gone show which is basically a gong show, but he had, he couldn't say gong show because that's copywritten. He actually did get a cease and desist. So his was the going, going, gone show. And uh, I think he's revived it at Mama Kin's, I believe. But I don't know for sure. Uh, and apparently um, there was talk with the owner about uh, tables and chairs because typically tables and chairs in this place is, are, are all the way up to the stage, like no dance floor, just tables and chairs all the way up to the edge of the stage. And we talked him into moving those out of the way. So that was all cleared by the time we were there. Um, like I said, Corvus Lore is like a rock band. Nothing really... Nothing really special happening there. Um, you know, Singer's an older dude, good-looking guy. Took his took his uh, overshirt off, and he had a tank top underneath, and, you know, well-built man. And uh, there was uh, mixed reviews because one woman said that... Uh, I heard some women go, ooh, and then I heard another woman say, no, I was into the band until he took his shirt off to reveal his tank top. And she's I was out. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but there's, nothing grabs me about the band, though. They're just kind of real basic. Um, I couldn't even tell you, like, who they really sound like. Um, I don't know. Like a rock band version of Maroon 5, maybe? But not that kind of singing either? I don't know. I don't know why I said Maroon 5. There's something about them that's Maroon 5-ish to me, but I don't know a fucking... Mar- I wouldn't know a Maroon 5 song if it hit me in the fucking face. So that's definitely not a not a good comparison. Um, but, um, but anyway, they played, and then uh, um, uh, Drawing Heaven played, and this is our friend's um, our good friend, uh, Dan DeLay. Dan DeLay apparently used to play with uh, Mark and Pete in a little band that they had before they started Zed. Um, Oh, what the hell was the name of their band? Mercury something. I don't think it was called Mercury Rising. I think it was called Mercury something else. I don't quite remember. But, um... So this is his band. Uh, he pretty much writes most, of the, most if not all, the music. Uh, they were an instrumental band for a long time, uh, kind of in the Russian circles kind of vibe, you know. Um, maybe 
the more spacey shoegazy style that Deftones does sometimes mixed with a little bit of like Russian circles. Um, just, you know, Dan's got this, you know, got the big, big washed out, you know, pad sounding guitar tones. Sometimes, you know, the big, you know, chorus reverb sort of combo that's, you know, you know, pretty grandiose, but then they got a singer. So like I said, they used to be an instrumental band. Now they've had this singer now for a couple of years and, um, he definitely, uh, sort of brings it down to a palatable level. Cause I think the instrumental stuff maybe went over people's heads a little bit. And now that they got the singer, it's a little bit more palatable for most people to, to, to get into. And uh, dude's a pretty good singer and he brings a cool element to the band. Um, and just, you know, um, just fucking cool. The drummer's fucking awesome. Um, apparently their original bass player was playing with them for the first time in many, many years. And I guess he's back in the band or something like that. So, um, which I didn't, I didn't even know. <laughs> and then, um, my little band, uh, Zed played in, um, Going into the show, there was a lot of worry, I guess, with the guys in Zed about turnout. They kind of felt like uh, Zed has had some good shows. Um, the last, I mean, we had a big show right before the world tried to end when we opened up for Danko Jones. And since then, we've played a... We played Sofa Fest. We played a Sunday afternoon barbecue show at Bottom of the Hill that went fine. And we played... Um, oh, Maryland Doom Fest. <laughs> a little thing called Maryland Doom Fest, you know. So not a shit ton of playing. And, you know, I don't know. There was this... There was an attitude about feeling like nobody gave a shit about the band and that like no one's going to show up and you know nobody cares about this band anymore and I remember the, this talk happening about a month before we did that Danko Jones show we played at a place in Cupertino called the Quarter Note and had a terrible like nobody showed up it was awful we were playing with a cover band and there was us, and they were mad about the sound all night because they thought we were too loud, and they kept trying to tell us to turn down, and that's never going to happen. So we had their fucking, there's a meter, there's an actual sound meter on the back wall facing the stage so that you could see it while you're on stage, and they want you to keep it under, uh, they want they want it kept at 100 decibels. We had that shit pegged at 119 all night. <laughs> so, um, but there was no turnout. There was nobody there. And I remember there was talks. The rumbling started to happen in the band about, um, you know, just losing momentum or nobody cares about this band anymore. Blah, 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 blah. All this shit. Now we go into the pandemic now, grant you, we did that show, and then we turned around and played with Danko and had a great show. I mean, people showed up for us, but most of the people there were obviously there to see Danko Jones. Uh, and Junkyard, it was fucking Zed, Junkyard, and Danko Jones. It was a great show. We sold a shit ton of merch, and people were super stoked on us. Danko fucking came up to me and was like, fucking, he was stoked on because. He kind of knows me a little bit from because All Time Highs uh, opened up for Danko back in 08. And he remembered because he's a big Death Angel fan. The singer for All Time Highs is Mark Ostigator from Death Angel. It's all connected. So, um, so that was, you know, the last really good show we had. We had a good show at Maryland Doom, of course. Sofa Fest wasn't bad. But they just feel like, I don't know, they got this weird sort of nobody cares about the band attitude. Well, that got all shot to shit with this show because it was fucking packed. Had a great, great, great turnout. 
I even heard that it was the best turnout that this club has had since it's been Mama Kin. They've had three other rock shows before this one. Uh, this one was the loudest by far. And um, they had the best uh, rock show turnout. I think the best, best rock show turnout. I don't know if they've had better turnouts. I guess I shouldn't say the best turnout since mama since they've been mama kids. Um but as, as far as rock shows are concerned they had I mean the fucking ki- dude their food there is amazing. Holy shit. They got like a Cajun uh, uh menu and I got the jambalaya it was fucking great just a just a sausage and, and chicken and uh, ah so good. But they got fried chicken, they had po' boy sandwich. They have, you know, they had all kinds of goodies on that menu. Mac and cheese. They ran out of mac and cheese. You know you're doing good and you're selling and you got a signature dish when you run out of your signature dish. I heard about the mac and cheese even before I got there. They sold out of their mac and cheese. Anyway. Oh, shit, I forgot to fucking mention what I did on Thursday after I hung out with Munchkin Face. We'll go back. We'll go back. Um, so, anyway, we had a great show. Super stoked. Um, there was a bunch, there was like five or six dudes that were hanging out together that looked kind of square. They were all a bunch of fucking engineers. And they loved the band and fucking bought a bunch of merch, which we didn't even set up and put out. Fucking... We got done playing and Mark had to go over and just start opening up boxes and trying to figure out what to sell these guys. Um, And just, you know, a ton of our friends were there. And um, just everyone was having a good time. They wanted one more song and we played one more song and it was not a good one more song to play as far as momentum of a set's concerned. But, I mean, minor, minor detail. But most importantly, and and I didn't realize it. I mean, I knew for me personally, I needed the show. I needed it. I needed to get this shit out of my system. And I fucking, I broke a bunch of sticks. I was fucking murdering my drum kit. And uh, Mark said something very interesting. Um, like, something to the effect of I didn't I didn't know I was going to need the show the way I ended up needing the show which just meant that cuz he's been, you know, he's not he's not he's going through a rough patch too. And and he hasn't been thinking about music a lot lately because he's been dealing with stuff at home. So it just, it, it, it got him. He wore himself out. He got really tired after, but the, um, the, the, the catharticism that is involved in doing music like this, or just, you know, if, 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 if you do it right and you're doing it for the right reasons, you're going to get the catharticism out of it. And he got it. And he didn't realize that he needed it. And he was very thankful and grateful. And he was super stoked on the turnout and super stoked on everybody coming out. Pete, our singer, guitar player, also going through some shit. Greatly needed this show. Me going through whatever I'm going through, I greatly needed this show. I think I, you know, I felt like I needed it more than anybody, but. And Greggy, Greg is just glad to be out of the house. <laughs> you know, uh, he was having some fun. He was wearing a fucking velvet track suit looking like a, I started calling him DJ Dillweed because he wore a little fucking bucket hat and a, you know, little fisherman's hat kind of thing. And, and you know, looked like fucking, looked like he was going to start breakdancing, you know. And definitely looked like a B-boy. So I started calling him DJ Dillweed. 
But um, we just we played well. There was no no fuck ups from what I could tell. I actually live. Uh, I did Facebook live with my phone for the set, but I kind of had the the phone pointed at me because I kind of wanted to watch watch my drumming and see if I'm. Uh, and I've watched it back, and I fucking I played some shit that I know I don't know how to play. <laughs> <laughs> there was a fill that I did in one of the songs that I don't know where the fuck that shit came from. I never played anything like it before. And I was like, very, I was like, holy shit, what was that? I had to watch it back, you know, a couple times to, um, to try to figure out what the hell I did. And, you know, I pulled off this fucking haymaker fill. So I was pretty happy with that, but I don't remember doing it. So, um, I was in the zone. I was in the zone. It was very, um, I left, I left it on the stage. I really did. I, um, I needed to, I needed to get that shit out of my system. And it was nice to do it there. And, um, the next day on Sunday, just dog tired. And I kind of on purpose didn't have anything planned. But uh, even if I did have something planned, I probably would have canceled it because it was definitely a uh, a stay home and uh, sort of chill sort of day. Um, but I felt I felt lighter. I felt lighter. I felt like you know a little a little bit of something had been lifted off of me. Like I took a step into being better. And um, not feeling as down and not feeling as blue and not feeling as sad. So um, I'm getting there. I'm getting there slowly. But um, definitely a big step towards um, towards this fucking regrouping and getting back to what and who I am as a fucking solo cholo, you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't like being single. I don't like it. I don't like how I act. But I'm older now, and I think that um, whatever ill behavior I didn't like about what I was doing when I was single, I don't think I'm going to go back to those sort of ways. Um, I kind of feel like I evolve as a better person when I'm with somebody. And I feel like I de-evolve when I'm single. Go back to doing some knuckle-dragger shit. And, um, And I don't like that about myself. But I think knowing that now and seeing that kind of thing and realizing that when I'm in a relationship, I become, um pretty codependent um i think that um knowing those two things not you know don't be a fucking animal and um don't have your happiness depend on that of somebody else i think going forward now with that sort of knowledge i think i could be a better person by myself for a little bit and learn to be happy with me, for me, and not need somebody else involved so that I can feel happy. Right? That's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, anyway, I forgot to mention, after, uh, so back, I'm going to back up and go back to, so that was, like I said, Saturday and then into Sunday. So uh, thank you for everybody involved, everybody that came out. It's fucking great. Um... Thursday, after I got done with Munchkin Face and took her home, I went to Alameda, to the Alameda Comedy Club, to watch my comedy friend, Nina G, record her album. She was going to record a special and record a record, so she was actually recording for for a record and getting it filmed for a potential 
for for a, a special to be shown somewhere more than likely Amazon Prime. Uh, so that went great. I saw the second show, and um, uh, Mean Dave was the host, and it was just her and him. I think I thought there was a third comic, but uh, apparently uh, Dave just you know did like you know fifteen or twenty minutes in the front, and then introduced her, and she did. I think she did maybe forty minutes, maybe. I wasn't really watching the time, but. You know, she, um, uh, but I mean, she, you know, and I, I know her material, so it wasn't like, you know, I was going to hear anything that was going to surprise me, but she did the material very, very good. And, uh, Nina G is the only female stuttering stand up comedian. And, um, but it was good to, uh, good to see her do it. And, uh, you know, and she's got good jokes, and it was funny, and so I wanted to support a fellow comic in their grand endeavors. So shout out to Nina G. Good job, Nina. Um, where are we at on the time? Where are we at? Oh shit! All right, let's do uh, let's do one of these. Black guy, black guy, food hacks. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's do one of these. Um, <laughs> so this is this food hack is the hack that started it all for me. That got me going with the idea of doing the food hacks. I might have mentioned this before on here, just in complaining about how disgusting I've been getting. Um. But this is the this is the hack that started it off. So what you do is this is a home hack. All right, this is a, this is at home hacks. When you have crumbs in the bottom, you get so you, you've you've eaten most of the chip bag, the bag of chips. Now this can go for any bag of chips. Okay. I oftentimes have tortilla chips. And you get down to where they're, 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 you can't use them to scoop. They're, un, they're, they're useless pieces of, of tortilla chip where you can't use them to scoop anything. But there's plenty of chips left. Just can't, no no scoopers. But yet you still got a half a, half a thing of salsa there. Or... In my case, a half a jar of cheese. So what you do, either into the salsa or into the jar of cheese, you pour, you pour your crumbs into the salsa or into the jar of cheese. Or if 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 your French dip jar is 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 halfway and you have the crumbs of ruffles left. Pour those in there. You pour your crumb chips into your dip. And then you eat that shit with a spoon like a goddamn veteran. Crumbs in the dip. Eat it with a spoon. You're welcome. That is the ultimate, in my opinion, fat guy food hack. And that's the one that started it all. I got That got me going on this whole idea. So some of them will be hacks from get ordering, but sometimes at home, got that, you know. I'll, I have done it before with the, with the crumbs where I've taken all, and I didn't have a jar of cheese, and I just took the crumbs, dumped them in a bowl, and just grabbed a handful of, of 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 shredded cheese and just threw those on there threw that in the, in the microwave for about 35 seconds and then eat it that way too but again with a, with a well that that I'll probably eat with a fork then you can dump salsa on top of that make some 
microwave nachos with shredded cheese. You got to be careful, though, because you can't put shredded cheese microwaved in there for too long. It turns into plastic. Everybody knows that. Okay. Um, <laughs> can we do uh, one of these? Um, let's do one of these. Every week, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I try to react to a song on the Billboard Hot 100 that I will make fun of, more than likely, because me being a fan of heavy metal, um, chances are I'm probably not going to really like a song on the pop charts. But hey, I've been pleasantly surprised a couple times. This week's reaction is going to be a song called Red Ruby DeSleaze. Red Ruby DeSleaze. Red Ruby DeSleaze. By Little Nicki Minaj. Let's see what little Nick Nick's doing over her. through a couple different styles. Interesting. Very interesting. I, I like the song structure. Props for her 
her vocal range as far and not range as in like octaves and anything like that but just like the different voices that she does you know within the flow and then the and now she's like starting to actually sing on shit a little bit more like literally just singing you know she's uh she's stretching it she's stretching out and and and, and really using her i mean she's probably what I mean, she's probably the, the best female MC, maybe. I don't know. I mean, MC Light, MC Light was sick, you know. But as far as just, you know, well-rounded and fucking hits after hit after hit, you know, she's definitely been in the, in the, uh, in the lexicon for, uh, for a while. All right, Nicky, Nick, Nick. Um, that little tune though in the background, the da da la da, dee dee. What was that? That is from something, and I don't remember. Thinking about, um, speaking of hearing something about something, <laughs> that don't make no fucking sense, does it? Um, two things, first of all, so I was in a Taco Bell and I got issue with the Taco Bell. I'll I'll get to that in a minute, but I was in a Taco Bell and I heard a song come over the thing and it was a cover of 99 Ralph Balloons. And, uh, what was that fucking pop? I gotta fix that. Anyway, um, right? I forget who even sang that. It was a chick, right? From from uh, from Germany. Ninety nine red balloons, right? Well, this was a cover of the song, and the woman sounded similar in her vocal tone and timbre. Singing the song. But they, the best part of that song is that little groove that drops in after the intro. That wasn't anywhere in this fucking cover. They did the the secondary part. They didn't do that little groove part. They did the they did the the melody that goes over that part. They hit that real hard. They didn't do the fucking boom 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 boom. They they there was nowhere in the song that they did that part. If you're going to do a cover of a song, do the best part of the goddamn song. Don't skip it and completely just. They did the cover like she knew the words and the guys in the band just kind of knew how the tune went. That's how the cover sounded to me. Bit getting played over the air in the Taco Bell. Now, let's talk about this Taco Bell. I had mentioned a few months back. I don't know if you can remember. Maybe the Faithful 15. Maybe they know. Because now we're at a good uh, Faithful 25. Um, but a few months back, I had mentioned a Taco Bell. The one here in Castor Valley. Had been tented. They put a tent over it and sprayed for bugs. And I got skeeved out about it. And I was like, fuck that. I'm never eating there again. When I heard the 99 Red Balloons cover, I was in that Taco Bell eating. And I realized I completely forgot about the idea that that Taco Bell got tented. And I had been in there 
probably three to four times since it got tented. I'm just saying. I apparently didn't get skeeved out enough to stay away from the places. I'm back in there. I totally forgot that it got tented and got sprayed for bugs. I'm in there fucking dumping my nacho del grande on top of my Mexican pizza. That was the first, I think, uh, fat guy food hack that we did. So there's that. And then another thing that tripped my trigger a couple days ago. I'm on I'm on the social medias and I don't know if I'm on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, but I'm going through the the little videos, the short videos that keep popping up, right? And you you end up fucking sitting there stuck on stupid scrolling through everybody's little videos of this and that and the other. And sometimes you go down a lane of fucking, you know, kids getting in fights at schools. It's like, it's like YouTube now, right? Like there's like Instagram's almost all videos. Now you go through your feed and everybody's posting a video. And then if you go on somebody's stories and start going through that stuff, you'll see reposts of videos or you go in or hit the reels and just look at reels and you'll just see all kinds of wild shit. So I don't know where I was when I saw this. But this kid was sitting in a chair. And he had another fellow with him. So this kid had a bass. And he was having a, he had a Rickenbacker bass. He's sitting in a chair with a Rickenbacker bass. And he had a little table next to him that had a bottle of Jack Daniels. His friend was over on the other little couch with his guitar. And they were going to play. But the guy with the bass had a big handlebar mustache sort of thing. And he was wearing a cowboy hat. And he was doing a Lemmy impersonation. And I started playing the song. And I started playing like, you know, Ace of Spades or whatever. Before he starts the song, he's mo- he's kind of like fumbling around and looking sickly. And he coughs really hard. And then just start singing the song. It was kind of making it look like, you know, Lemmy's fucked up and he's out just, you know, from the boozing and and, and the partying and he's a fucking puddle of a mess of a man. But then when the music starts, he can do the music easily. Yeah, but... Here's where this kid fucked up. He's trying to be funny, and he's trying to do an impersonation, and he's trying to get some laughs. I get it. But if you're going to exaggerate, exaggerate. But you have to exaggerate with something that's 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 true a little bit, and then you can exaggerate from that. Where this kid fucked up was acting as if Lemmy was impaired by substance. Anybody that knew Lemmy knew. I've seen plenty of documentaries and people talking about that dude. And I know people that have met him and have partied with the guy. And they will tell you, Lemmy, at no time ever can you tell if he's under the influence of anything. The man was a fucking beast when it came to ingesting substance, be it everybody knows he had a fucking methamphetamine problem. He did crank. There's a reason why they were called Motorhead. So Lemmy loved himself some crank, and he loved Jack and Cokes. In fact, if you order a Lemmy, you will get a Jack and Coke. I don't drink. You guys know this about me. But please, for now on, order yourself a Lemmy if you're going to order a Jack and Coke. And if the bartender doesn't know what a Lemmy is, he needs his fucking bartending license taken away from him. Anyway, Lemmy did not stammer, stutter, stumble, 
nothing that would allude to the fact that he was fucked up. No one has ever said Lemmy was fucked up because they didn't know because he, he maintained. He can carry a conversation just like he always would and he would make jokes and he was un-fucking- just completely unbothered by whatever he was partying with. So this is why this kid's skit wasn't funny. Not only is he disrespecting the fucking legend of all legends, but if you're going to be funny, be funny because you're exaggerating on something that can be exaggerated on. You can't exaggerate on him being hammered because he never looked like he was hammered ever. Never acted such <sighs> fucking kids don't know their shit. All right, let's get out of here. Let's, uh, I wasn't ready to get out of here either. Where's the file? All right, let's bring that back up. Let's go over here. I need to get a smoother fucking thing, huh? Every fucking episode I'm doing this fucking wibbly wobbly fucking bullshit. And it's not fair to you, the listener. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for, um, you know, checking us out in, uh, you know, another episode. It's nice. You guys are cool. You guys are all right. Rate, review, subscribe, whatever you want to do, you know. There's, uh, go to Anchor. No, you can't go to Anchor anymore. Wherever you listen to podcasts, Wherever you listen to the Sean Boyles podcast, you can go there and you can, uh, um, you know, give me a rating or give me a review or um, or email me. Send your complaints, your suggestions or anything of that matter to uh, Sean underscore Boyles at Yahoo dot com. Um, I am going to fucking... I'm going to go to a show right after this. I'm going to go see Ken Mode. They are playing in Oakland at the Stork Club. I'm actually really fucking excited to see these guys. Big fan of this band, Ken Mode. I think they made the uh, end of the year good album roundup um, for their album, Null. Uh, this is the band, I don't know if you remember, this is the band that I said... Uh, the album's great, except for they're ruining it with a saxophone on a couple of songs. <laughs> That's this band. Uh, so stoked to see them tonight at the Stork Club. Um, it will be loud. Um, anyway, this week's Earworm of the Week. Um, I really don't know how... I don't know how this song even got in my head. I haven't heard it in a while, but it popped in there. Fucking dug it in real good. And, um, you know, it's the beginning of the song for me that will get stuck. I mean, because sometimes the earworm, it's just a little fucking part. And this song, it's just the, the beginning, the beginning couple hits of the song will be on a loop in my head. And it kind of is a little bit annoying and it kind of drives me nuts after a while. But a great song from a great band. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's earworm of the week, The Cars, Bye Bye Love. Be good, keep it dirty, and I'll see you, Dick Knuckles, next week.
damn it. Fuck Staten Avenue. Fuck Ace Freely. And fuck this iPad. Fuck. Brought to you by Blowout Productions.